With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is going on, NBA draft fans, NBA fans, basketball fans? You just heard the sound of the bell. And that means we're officially in summer school, Albert. Oh! <laughs> School's back in session. It's summer school. Uh, we are going to take a look at, you know, all the lower classmen, see which students are going to be prepared to move up a grade. But before we mm-hmm. get into that, um, my name is Corey Tullibut. I am your host, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Albert. What's going on, man? Dude, summer school. You, I mean, growing up, the idea of summer school was terrifying. But um, look at us, Corey. We we can do it all. We can cover the draft. We can cover cover summer league. We can do we. We're Anthony Edwards. We're multi-talented is what we are. Uh, and so we're ready to go. <laughs> Anytime that, uh, you know, we can ever be compared to Anthony Edwards, I'd say it's a positive. Um, let's go through uh, attendance. You know, this oh. is how you start a, it's how you start a class. You got to go through attendance. We're going to touch on um, a little bit of Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. Jalen Green, mm-hmm. Davion Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Trey Murphy. Our Turkish exchange student, Alperin Shangun, Bol Bol, Tyrese Maxey is back in the fold. Oh, yeah. Poku, are you here? Alexi, Alexi Pokashevsky. Oh, Poku's not uh, Poku's not in class again. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we're even, I even spotted some of the old guys who were driving around in the convertible or, uh, on campus in, in Kenneth Fareed and Michael Beasley. I know. I know. Yeah. What the hell is going on? What's going on? Look, that's what happens in summer school. You're going to see all kinds of wild shit. And uh, what do you do in in summer school, Albert? Um, I don't know. I mean, you read a book. You read books. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with a book. How about okay. Charlotte's? How about Charlotte's Web? <laughs> let's hit our guys, James Booknight <laughs> and Kai Jones. Okay. And we need to talk about our guy. Jello. Jello. Leangelo Ball. Mm. The Charlotte Hornets. Um, is LeVar Ball right? <laughs> <laughs> Corey, all you have to do is read the hat. The hat says, I told you so. That's, that's all you need. He told that's all us you so. need. Hey, look, Jello's been shooting the uh, the shit out of that ball, man. So uh, props to LeVar. I, look, somebody GM this dude up. Let's get... <laughs> Now, now that Lonzo's in Chicago, I'm all for pairing all of the Ball brothers together. Let's get them going in Chicago. Move mm-hmm. Melo to a bigger market. We'll, I'll mm-hmm. bring Leangelo in. I don't give a shit. Um, let's talk about James Book Night. Uh, okay. What'd you What'd you see out of Book? Um. Well, I, dude. I no, first off, for our listeners, Corey just um, shocked me with the Charlotte's Web thing. I, I did not see that coming. <laughs> he said he was going to surprise me with some segments, and um, 
you got me good. But um, I, I like this one a lot. I think Book Night's a good place to start because I think Book Night is a perfect encapsulation of what it means to be a rookie playing in Summer League. You're going to get your really high moments. You're going to get your really low moments. You're going to get your in-between moments. I thought Book Night looked fantastic yesterday in his first game. Um, he was doing stuff off the dribble. Now, Corey, like when we talked about Book Night, we talked a lot about like, you know, off the ball stuff, but on the ball, you know, we had, we we liked it. We, we, we were high on him, but we also, you know, weren't so sure. But he did some stuff yesterday with the ball in his hands. And it was, you're just like, okay, that's some high level shot making. You know, this is some pretty impressive stuff. But at the same time today, you know, what happens? He goes up against uh, the beast, Davion Mitchell. Off night. Um, and he's exactly and he straight up has an off night right he only had like 11 13 points something like that and um it wasn't the same performance but i don't mind it because it's this is what we're talking about this is summer league the kids are playing they're just throwing the ball out there they're trying to figure things out it's straight up recess right now where you, you shoot you shoot for teams uh you figure things out you don't really have rapport with your teammates but you're figuring it out and you kind of trust the best players to be the best and kind of bring you home and that's kind of what we see in summer league and so so far uh, for me so far so good with james book night yeah for sure i mean i you just want to see flashes you know before we like get into any like kind of deep analysis there's not too much deep analysis that you can actually get into in summer league right. um personally i think that we should extend summer league the whole the whole summer i say we make it a tour you know let's not just have it in vegas and or a couple of days in salt lake city uh Let's bring it. Let's make it a tour the whole summer and and play in different arenas because summer league is just fun. You know, like you said, it's like recess. You know, um, and you just want to pick out little things that you you can look for that you think are going to translate to the next level. That that's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for at least. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not looking for guys to be executing plays and X's and O's and all that because there's very little time to actually do that kind of stuff. You just want to see the talent, and we saw a little bit with Book Knight off the bounce. I mean, he just. One of the possessions, the the first game, just isolated top of the key. I think it was to close the half. Just, I I mean, put guys. He's put. I forgot who was defending him. Just put him on skates and and knock down like a step back, a smooth step back three. And the handle looked fluid. Um, So like I love seeing that, especially because like we said, like we love what he's going to look like off the ball. Obviously, like playing with some of these guys in summer league is going to be a little bit different than playing with LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is going to mm-hmm. find him in all of the right spots. So you want to see flashes. He made a really nice pass off the bounce, like underneath the basket to a cutter. Didn't, um, you know, it hockey would have assist. been a, would have been a hockey assist. Didn't didn't drop, but you, those are the kind of things that you want to see. Right. Um, you know, it's these kind of flashes. With Kai, it's a little different. <laughs> with with what I'm looking for, because we saw the flash. Everybody, if you have the internet, mm-hmm. you saw the flash. Kai mm-hmm. threw down one of the, you know, maybe the dunk of the year already, right? I first of all, I don't know why anybody is biting on a Kai Jones pump fake, but players do. So you know, what do I know? Uh, I would probably bump on, uh, you know, bite on it too. But bite on a pump fake, right? And then the highlight, just absolute poster. He was Jeez. flying in the air. And you see what other teams, or I guess the Hornets, saw in him. What anybody who was high on him in the draft process, you saw the kind of stuff that he's capable of in that singular play. But other than right. that, you know, you know you're know, you not seeing a whole uh, house of highlights mix for, for Kai Jones highlights, right? It's it's going to be these little snack size highlights for Kai 
this year and um mm-hmm. if if he's getting you know good rotation minutes but with that said again Lamella Ball. Lamella Ball's a game changer for a lot of these guys because he is an enhancement. He gives you the turbo version of what you might be elsewhere because he is such a good playmaker. But um, yeah, I, you you mentioned Davion, mm-hmm. and because uh, Charlotte played mm-hmm. Sacramento earlier tonight, and uh, James Booknight looked like he couldn't dribble the basketball at times. <sighs> Yeah. Davion looks as advertised, man. Oh, yeah. Fudge, man. That dude, um, I mean, defensively, he's literally, like, he's toying with people. He's mm-hmm. toying with people. And, and, you know, we said it before, like, you want to talk about this guy as, oh, he's too short. He's six foot because, you know, he we measure him in, in socks. Uh, guess what? That That height difference don't mean – all that much when he is right in your jersey and he's right. getting in the jersey but the defense was expected i think most people think at minimum davion mitchell is going to be a good defender right mm-hmm. what do you think about davion uh on the offensive side of the ball thus far i, I mean we, we saw it in like that what was it called the california classic whatever yeah um he played a couple games there we saw we're seeing it today he had nine assists today like let's zero just zero turnovers i think Exactly. We just kind of throw that in there, right? Like, oh, he, oh, you know, Davion Mitchell had nine assists and people could say, oh, it's just summer league, you know, calm your tits. But it's like, you know what? It's still nice to see. It's still really nice to see something that I liked in the couple of games in the California Classic hitting his shots. He hit an off the dribble three. I think he had a catch and shoot three. And like, these are the things that people were worried about. It's like, is Davion Mitchell a, a fluke shooter? It's like, yeah, OK, like you can feel that way. We've seen people have you know, one good year of shooting and then not be able to shoot. We all remember, the, uh, you know, Derek Williams, you know, when he came into the league, he had good shooting numbers in college, blah, 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 never translated. But yeah. from what we've seen so far with Davion Mitchell, it's, dude, he's as advertised for us, at least, Corey. I think for you and I, we were maybe in the minority. And it seems like, you know, it, the mi- minority kind of grew at the tail end as we got closer to the draft. There was a point when Davion Mitchell's stock was really high and people were saying it's a six-player draft. And then suddenly his stock started to fall and other players kind of went above him. But it's okay. You and I, we never faltered in our support for Davion. And I think from what we've seen so far, he had what, 10 points, nine assists today. Uh, he had a steal and a block. And like beyond the counting stats, we're not looking at, we're not counting plus minus during the summer league, but he, I just, you can feel him on the court. And I think that's something that translates from summer league to the regular season. He's someone that when he's on the court, he's going to be different. He, that's exactly how I feel about a guy, even like like Miles McBride for the Knicks. Like he's on the court, you feel him. He's mm-hmm. doing stuff, and he, it's just tangible that he's on the court. And um, you know, it's been interesting. And I think you know, sorry, Corey, actually, really quickly, I know we transitioned over to the Kings, but I did want to throw in there. You know, we brought up Jello. We didn't really talk about Jello. I wanted to yeah. actually get your thoughts, like actual objective thoughts on Jello. I know this is summer league, blah blah blah, but you know that. That, that first shot he hit looked nice yesterday. And, like, you know, I thought he had some moments. You know, he had 16 points off the bench. My only thing with him is that uh, he looks a little lost on the court when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Um, the off-ball stuff, he d- c- kind of doesn't really know where to go or where to be. But y- even to that, you can say, like, look, these guys don't know each other. He probably just met the coach recently, blah, blah, blah. And so just, you know, wanted to kind of throw that in there. I think we'd be remiss to not mention Leangelo at all so kind of wanted to ask you about that yeah I mean look the kid could he could 
shoot it. You know, that's legitimate. He he was always considered the best shooter out of the family. You know, he, his his thing was always like he he didn't have that same body type, the same athleticism that the other guys had. Um, and I guess when he was kind of like in the culture, you know, always getting like the slam, the balls, like mixtape, stuff like that. LaMelo was a little young, so it was, it was hard to tell what his body, his athleticism was going to look like. But LiAngelo always looked like a tight end. Like he looked like he was playing the wrong sport, you know. And uh, he didn't quite grow to like like if he was like six, eight, it would have been a much easier path, but he hasn't given up. Mm -hmm. He's playing in the summer league. He's put up over 10 points in his first two summer league games. He looks more comfortable or at least more like he belongs on the court. Like you said, he looks lost and that's kind of what his whole thing is going to be. Like, can he figure out the other things out on the court to make him a guy that brings a value besides just being a spot up shooter? Cause if that's what you need, like, there are other guys that are going to be able to do that that might not carry the same, like, I don't want to say bag baggage isn't the right word, but you know, the whole uh, thing that comes along with, with having uh, the ball family involved, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's mm-hmm. a Max Strauss, you know, in Miami who, you know, you could pick up in, in the G league um, who had, you know, just a great huddle mm-hmm. moment that they caught on camera, you know, talking about the Miami guys, none of them were drafted. And he's like, look over there. Every single one of those guys are drafted. One of the other guys just chimed in. You know, he's like, well, let's show them why we're hungry. The other guy chimed in. He's like, their food, you know, like that's, that's that heat culture shit. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, like Le- <laughs> Leangelo, um, Leangelo, it's like, look, if he continues to shoot it at a high clip, like I'm not saying to give him an NBA roster spot, right? but get him in the, in the G league and see what he could do. See, see how he develops. I don't think there, there are a lot of guys that are going to get shots that probably aren't the shot makers that Leangelo ball can, can be. So I never thought that I would ever say these words, but fuck it. Like give him, (laughs) give him a shot, you know, like in the G league to Mm -hmm. over the course of an extended period of time to, Mm -hmm. to see if he can actually develop into a rotational piece. Um, but he yeah, looks thinner. yeah, like he's he's got yeah. a lot of tattoos. I'll give him that. Yeah. Cool hair. <laughs> I like that about him. He's got a look. He looks like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Davion, man, like uh, just to to go back to it. Uh, yeah. The other thing I love, you can't keep him out of the paint. Mm-hmm. His speed like this is one of Sick. this is one of the this is what I think one of the reasons that we were so high on him is because you know, despite his age, he was coming in with elite athletic tools and not just, you know, obviously it's not the jumping, he's not dunking on people, but his speed, his change of direction, his start stop, all of that stuff was elite. And that was the stuff that we, that we really highlighted outside of just like the shot making and stuff like, and that contributes to the shot making because it's how he creates space. But that was all stuff that I thought was like, absolutely going to transfer. And look, it's summer league. You know, I'm not saying he's not going to str- have his moments where he's struggling during right. the regular season, but like these are things that you see, like even at this level with other guys trying to make it to the league, better competition than you're going to see in college. If even though it's not as structured, it's still things where you look at him and he stands out, and that's what a lot of times you're looking. Can can this player stand out, or are they fading into the background? Like going to the Charlotte team, like Grant Riller. Mm-hmm really struggling. And yeah. here's a guy that I, I was pretty high on Grant Riller last year I, that he was a bucket, but he's another guy that was old and mm-hmm. he had a big following on draft Twitter. 
um, for good reason because he's a lot of fun, but he doesn't really have any kind of athletic tools that he could hang his hat on. Um, he's a skill guy, and that's a much harder path when you're just the skill guy. Like Davion's got the skill and he's got athletic tools. So that's why for his age, I was so much more confident having him higher up in my rankings than I typically would for a guy of his, you know, his age typically. But dude, that, I mean, that's that's a good point. You know, <clears throat> I think it's really funny that you brought up Grant Riller because I actually had him in my notes. Um, there was this one play, I don't remember what quarter it was, but he kind of split the double team and went straight to the rack and he had a pretty decent look, but the layup was like an absolute nightmare. And then like two possessions later, he takes like a wide open three and just absolutely broke. And I remember like watching him thinking, like, damn, like what is the future for Grant Riller? You know, considering, you know, the draft that the Hornets have had, bringing up, I'm sorry, grabbing Book Knight and having LaMelo. And, you know, like it's it's going to be tough for him. And I feel like he may have to go to a different situation and continue to grow. But as you mentioned, he does have some age. I I did want to ask you about Jameis Ramsey. Had a hell of a game, 22 points. Like he's a guy that can really shoot the ball. I wanted to get your thoughts on him because like he's a guy that I think you know, if I'm not saying he's going to replace Buddy Heal, Buddy Heal is one of the greatest shooters we've seen in the league, percentage wise, like unbelievable. But Ramsey is a guy that I liked in last year's draft and a guy who can really shoot the ball. And I'm wondering if he can play a bigger role on the Kings this year. Well, you know, you mentioned Buddy Heal, then it all comes down to that, right? Because you have De'Aaron Fox, you have Buddy Heal, you have Davion Mitchell, you have Tyrese Halliburton. And Ramsey is not one of these guys who's like six, five, six, eleven wingspan, right? He's kind of on the smaller side for a scoring guard. I just think that backcourt is too crowded, but I liked him a lot in the draft. I think I, I don't remember my exact ranking from the 2020 draft, but I definitely had him, I think top 25. Um, you know, I liked his scoring ability. I liked his athleticism. Uh, so I, I think that this is a great place to showcase what he could do. I think that, the Kings have to move off of one of these guards yeah. at some point this year because yeah. it's too crowded. Uh, so if something opens up, I could see him getting spot minutes if there's some kind of, you know, injury situation or, or whatnot. But I think that ultimately like he's going to be a guy that maybe gets thrown into a trade just as like, you know, some kind of bonus asset and maybe he gets a, a, a shot somewhere else. I don't, I don't think it's going to be in Sacramento if he does get a shot. It wouldn't shock me entirely if he just, you know, kind of bounced around and never found minutes. But I do think, you know, I think there's something there with him for sure. He's just got to, I think like opportunities like this, he's got to, he's got to put it together consistently. Cause if he's not making shots, it's like, what other things is he really going to consistently bring to the table? That's true. A lot of these smaller dudes. Yeah. But I, I would, I would love to see him get a shot somewhere. Cause I think he, he can really score it and, you know, the NBA is there's a lot of teams who need guys who can put the ball in the hoop. So I, I think he'll get a shot at some point. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we, why don't we talk about your next? You mentioned miles McBride. I'm just going to give you the floor because there's a mm-hmm. lot, there's a lot going on with that, with, with the Knicks over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate it. You know, cause like I, I'm going to be a little bit, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit about a couple of things. Um, I think first off, I've seen so many tweets the last couple of days of Quentin Grimes is an elite shooter, is going to be an absolute elite shooter. Now, Corey, I 
people are not going to hear like hearing this from me because I am a Knicks fan and people are going to be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Whatever. I'm not as sold as everybody else on Twitter. And I, and I want to explain why um, Grimes is a guy that if you remember his freshman year, in Kansas really struggled to shoot the ball. Yeah. He's had to work at it and develop his jump shot. And I think to his credit, he has become a much better shooter than he was. My thing is, you and I, I think we're similar in that way in that when we watch players, like we don't just focus on the makes. I really watch his misses a lot and his misses can be, are are pretty consistent, right? His misses are almost always short. um, And it kind of bothers me. I feel like sometimes he's really shooting on the way down. I feel like off the dribble. Yeah. That's a big thing. Exactly. Even off the dribble though, I feel like he doesn't get his feet set where he has the leverage to, you know, kind of square up and get that, you know, the, the lift that he needs. And so for me, like I'm not saying Quentin Grimes is going to be a bad shooter. I'm just saying for Nick fans out there, we have to give him some time. I, I just don't think he's anywhere near an elite shooter yet. I think it's something he needs to continue to work on. I think, you know, some one of our de- development coaches has to clean him up because that jump shot is not pristine yet. Uh, once again, I do want to give him a lot of credit. And also on the other end of the ball, I love Quentin Grimes as a defender. Like, I've actually really enjoyed his work off the ball. He does a great job denying. He does a great job with his hands. He's really attentive. He's, he's, and it's really small things, right? When it comes to, <clears throat> when it comes to defense, does a great job of watching his man and the ball. And I think he, him and um, McBride have been fantastic at that. And McBride with his positioning has been unreal in Summer League. And of course, once again, the caveat is Summer League, but McBride is everywhere. And I freaking love that about him. And I think he's he's really good at using his wing wingspan well. Got a long wingspan. Um, my thing is, I, and I tweeted this other day too. Like Miles McBride is has was literally created in a lab for Tibbs. He's gonna be everything that Tibbs loves in a guard. He he's I think he's small enough for Tibbs' liking. I think he's quick enough. His mid range game is awesome. Um, he's a great defender. Like I, he's just got it all. Also, the three point stroke looks good. Um, you, you know, he's made some, missed some, and I've been really happy with all the shots he's taken. Also, to his credit, like he plays within himself always, always. Like, there's never been a moment where I was like, okay, Miles McBride is kind of getting wild here. I thought he's done a really good job of playing within himself. I, obviously, our second year guys have played really well. You know, everyone wanted to shit on quickly after his first game, and I was like, you know what? Mm let's relax a little bit like scotty barnes was in his shit for like the whole game like i think quickly played like 30 minutes and like scotty barnes was all over him throughout the game and shouts to scotty barnes for guarding emmanuel quickly that much and i was like jesus christ this is why scotty barnes is scotty barnes uh toppins look good too toppins really shooting the ball so i know that was a long rant but as a nick fan you're watching these guys and sorry I didn't even mention Jericho Sims. The guy hasn't, literally has, hasn't missed, hasn't missed a shot. Yeah. He, <laughs> the guy I, I want to read, I want to read you. I want to read you a text that, um, oh. one of my, one of my friends who literally just started getting into basketball like last mm-hmm. year and is like obsessed with it now. Uh, mm-hmm. he texted me. I didn't see the games, just the stat lines. Our boy Jericho Sims hasn't missed in two games. Should I be excited about this player? So, <laughs> Jericho Sims has the attention. I mean, Corey, can, can, I, can I talk about Jericho Sims for a second? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, it, in my opinion, if we go back and look at Mitchell Robinson his first year and we look at how awkward he was and how he couldn't get his feet under him because, you know, Mitchell Robinson, a classic short torso, long legged <laughs> guy, you know, how much I hate those guys. Jericho Sims, the reason why I'm in love with him so far is number one, 
he's built like a Mack truck. This guy is so muscular for his age. And, and not that he's like a freshman, but you know, he he's so muscular, but also his body is so proportional so that when he's moving on the court, it just looks like a normal human being and not like an almost seven footer. Like that's the thing that I love about Jericho Sims. And also not to mention the fact that, you know, he can literally bite the rim um, whenever he goes up there. So I, but also like even like the smaller things, like I feel like he's really working hard on the rebounding side. You see him boxing out, you see him fighting for, for tips. You see him, you know, not afraid to go up and put up a shot once in a while. He had a nice hook shot in the first game. I was like, the hell, where the hell did that come from? And then he had a floater a couple possessions after. I'm like, this guy is insane. But just wanted to say, um, I think Sims with the 58th pick was an unbelievable pickup. Am I saying that he's going to be like a Jared Allen type? No, I mean, who knows, right? But I've liked what I've seen so far for sure. He's going to be an elite dump off receiver. You know, who's like, he's going to be one of those guys who just, shoots you look at his true shooting and it's you know 69 percent every year nice um yeah so what i like about going back to some of the other guys yeah what i like about mcbride is the position he's in because i think he's going to be a guy who really has a nice developmental path this year you know we we didn't talk about any of the guys the knicks have at that position derrick rose kemba walker right (laughs) but so you look at it on the surface and you go like, he's obviously not going to play over Kemba Walker or Derek Rose, but those are two guys who are going to need to rest throughout the year. And miles McBride is going to be able to play these spot minutes early on. And then as the season progresses and these guys start taking their rest days and whatnot, like you're going to be able to see him step in slowly, but surely and see that role grow. That's what I think is going to happen for him. Cause I think that he has the type of game where he's not going to kill you as a rookie on the floor. Cause he's going to play within himself, even at the NBA level. Um, there are things that, yeah, you want him to work out. He takes a lot of those like dribble mid range pull-ups where you need to see him extend that a little bit, but I don't hate it though. <laughs> no, I don't hate it at all either, but like, he's yeah. not going to be, I don't think he's going to be gifted those shots, uh, you know, in the, at the NBA level. Like, right, so right. when you're looking at things to translate, like, I don't think that's going to be a shot pile shot profile that is really going to be, you know, something he can hang his head on early on in his career uh, as he grows for sure. Um, so he's going to have to extend that range and he's a great shooter, especially in catch shoot situations. And then the defense, obviously he'll make his rookie mistakes, for sure, but just his feistiness and you know his tools and, and the way he he gets after it, I love that. I think he's gonna actually play a role for for the Knicks this year. Um, Quentin Grimes, you mentioned the the shooting on the way down because if he, you and you mentioned like him not getting his feet set all the time to you know create the leverage, and it's because like he's shooting on the way down. Like if he was shooting right before and releasing right before his peak just a little bit earlier that release i think it would do wonders especially as you know he steps back in distance in in different shooting scenarios but the release the follow-through all that stuff looks good right he he just pauses in midair and is and is shooting on the way down and and look in, in college it's a shorter line so you can get away with it a lot as he adjust like he made the adjustment from high school to college and it took him a little while to develop his game. It might take him that same time in the NBA. There's a lot of depth at his spot. Now, you know, Nick signed Dwayne Bacon even today. Like, so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of guards that are, you know, going to be vying for playing time on this Knicks roster. Um, you know, Fournier quickly, like, and 
Quickly's been he lit it up today. And and what I like about Quickly's game is not even the shooting. Like we knew he was going to come out and get shots up. That's what he showed he could do at a real NBA level. But he showed off some real playmaking over the last couple of games. And and that's the growth that you love seeing. So and and Obi Obi's been, you know, putting up consistent numbers. Now yeah. we've we've seen guys put up these numbers in, in summer league settings and Obi absolutely should be putting up these numbers in this kind of setting. Um, but you know, the shot looks good. I think it's going to be, you know, he's going to hit it at an acceptable rate. It's not the most ideal situation for him still, you know, I, even playing with Jericho Sims, he's still the guy that is stretching the floor out, which, you know, I, I you want to see more scenarios where you can get him close to the basket, but unfortunately he's not going to be playing with a lot of centers like that, <laughs> you know, early on. Yeah. Um, but even still, you you see that he's doing what he's capable of doing in this setting, and that's what you you like to see. But yeah, the Knicks the Knicks are a, a, definitely a, a fun summer league team. So um, lot to like, lot to to fix. So I, I, I that's what have, we like to see. I just have two more notes before we move off the Knicks really quickly. Yeah, of course. Um, Luca Vildoza, I'm getting the feeling like he might not make the roster. Um, I was actually really excited to see him play. But from what we've seen so far, number one, the shooting's not there. Uh, I think, uh, the, yeah, the lack of athleticism is there too. I mean, he is scrappy, but I don't know if that's enough to make this roster considering all the additions that we've made, like you mentioned. Um, and Yoko Baitis, like, there are some moments that I liked, but I think he's got to go play in Spain for a year. Um, I think yeah. he he still needs to develop a little bit, but not to say that he's been bad. I mean, he's played very little, but even in the the minutes that he's played, there have been some like extreme highs and lows. So um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. I think the two Euro guy, well, sorry, Vildo's not really a Euro guy, but actually no, he played in Spain. So the two Euro, Euro guys, I think, um, yeah, I'm getting the feeling Vildo's is not going to be on the team and Yoko might be in Spain this year. It doesn't make sense to have Yoko over right. this year the position exactly. is there's so much depth there um and look uh not to say that there's going to be any less depth there next year but like <laughs> if he's not ready why have him sitting on the bench uh in, instead of going at and playing valuable minutes you know in right. spain so uh I, i'm with you there let's you, you mentioned scotty barnes kind of getting after quickly um what'd you think of scotty in his debut overall um yeah, outside over, of the defense because that's yeah stuff, that that's a lock that stuff yeah right uh i think my favorite thing offensively was the the grab and go stuff um he was unafraid to grab and go and you you saw the leadership man like you saw yeah. it and that's the stuff we talked about he's directing people coaching people up and it's summer league and he's so engaged and all that stuff um the shooting was nice he had a nice little mid-range jump shot i think that was his first shot of the game it looked good yeah. it looked good and yeah. then it he was awkward to get into it, but the shot yes. was good. Yes, and then he hit the three, started talking shit to Quick. Like I, I was into it, and I was like, you know what? Like this is gonna be gonna be the Scotty Barnes experiment, you know, this year. And it wasn't perfect either. There are a couple of moments where you're like, oh, okay, still a little rough around the edges, but this is Scotty Barnes that we're talking about. And there were obviously some high moments, um, even offensively. Like you saw some of the passing flashes. I think he threw like a three quarter court left handed pass for yeah, that was a layup sweet. to um, what's his name? But du- Delano, but what the hell is that guy? They, they, they kept talking about like he's the Canadian guy drafted by the Raptors. Um, I, I I have my I listen with the sound off. 
or I watch with the sound off. <laughs> Something Delano, I think. Anyway, um, he just got drafted. But anyway, you, you saw flashes, and it, and you can understand why the Raptors were so high on him and why they took him at number four. There's a huge part of me, core that I can't lie, still wonders what Jalen Suggs would look like on that roster with Fred Van Vliet. Like, I just think that pairing would have been so fun as like two like blue collar, hardworking, like six, three guards. You know, I, I was yeah. really excited for that. Um, but yeah, overall good debut. And he had good counting stats too, like 18, 10 and five. Like why not? Yeah. He was inefficient. Um, you know, but like you said, he hit the mid range shot, knocked down the transition, the trail three, um, you know, had one of those moves that he, you know what? He just looks like he did it at Florida state except he just ha- he played more minutes, <laughs> you know, and, and played in the more like free flowing type game. Um, so I, I think Scotty's going to be a good player. I think he's going to be even, you know, a really good player, a guy who helps you win a lot, but I'm with you. I'm really interested to see, cause we're recording before we, before the magic had played a game and I'm, I'm excited to watch Suggs play, play in the setting and, and what he would have done. And you talk about having him next to Van Vliet, like Malachi Flynn was balling. I love Malachi Flynn. I had him really high on my board uh, last year. And um, I thought he had, you know, he had some pretty positive moments as a rookie as well. And I think he's one of these, you know, guards that the Raptors do a great job with too. And and he looked great, man. I loved his pace, shot making, his ability to get in the paint, his defense. Like um, this Raptors team has the potential to be like really good defensively. Mm-hmm. really 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 good defensively who knows if they'll have the offense to uh you know compete in the the new reloaded east right doesn't doesn't look like Drogic's going to be here very in uh in toronto mm-hmm. very long but uh yeah I, I liked what i i liked i liked watching the rap yeah he's probably gonna end up with luca <laughs> uh team slovenia but I, I liked what i saw from you know those guys those those were the two guys that i was really focused on mm-hmm. watching the Raptors because you know I'm just a big Malachi fan and uh and obviously Scotty we spent so much time on him this year that you know got to pay attention but Corey I will say you mentioned Malachi Flint Malachi Flynn is a second year guard I feel like this summer league has been all about the second year guards Malachi Flynn had himself a really good game Emmanuel quickly popped off today Tyrese yeah. Maxey popped off today uh Desmond Bain popped off today Tyrell Terry popped off today like it feels like all the second year guards were like you know what like you guys want to talk about the rookies like we we have our ship Peyton Pritchard Dude, you know how much I love Peyton Pritchard yep. um, coming out of college. And I thought he had a hell of a game, right? And then, and also we should eventually maybe even talk about Yamadar. And he was like, oh, Whoa. hounding guys. Some, yeah, he was doing some shit. Um, yeah. But overall, like, you know, I, I thought the second year guards really showed up and were like, you know what? We're going to we're going to show you guys like, you know, this is what it's like to be an NBA player. And they all played really well. And that's that's been kind of interesting to watch as a trend. Well, you know when you, you you're walking through the the halls of high school you know mm. you you get to the that second year you're no longer mm. a freshman right? right you're in the hallway you're walking your your chest is out a little bit more right you know <laughs> you're you're not quite you know a senior you know the same level of confidence as a senior but you know what's going on now you, you you're comfortable in this setting another guy you missed Devin Vassell that's right you know he was playing really well I I would they play in the Salt Lake City one I I, I think they uh, they played in that summer league before right. the, the Vegas one started, but he looked awesome. He was even doing some stuff in the pick and roll, snaking it, putting guys in jail, getting to the mid range. Like he was doing a little bit of that too. So, you know, you, you go through it, the experience matters. And, and 
we we've definitely seen that uh sticking to to the spurs josh primo <laughs> josh primo man oh, i'm not there yet but go that ahead motherfucker Corey. was doing some stuff <laughs> <laughs> yo let me i'm just gonna say he had yeah. one move mm-hmm. one possession at the top of the key where he had somebody on skates and knocked down uh, an off-the-bounce dribble jumper. And I was like, it's one possession, but that shit looked like Kyrie. Mm. Now, I'm not comparing him to Kyrie as a player by any means, but that singular possession, I was like, yo, that's a fucking NBA move. Now, he still needs to work on like the at-the-rim stuff. But the off-the-bounce stuff, and the three-point shooting, like, that shit looks smooth. Hmm. And I still think that, and there's no way to prove it, but I still think that there was probably a scenario where they could have traded down, even if it was one, two spots, whatever, get another asset. I still, in my heart, believe that was the case. Um, But, look, the kid looks like he's as talented as any of these other young guys. Whether he gets this opportunity in this Spurs backcourt, and who knows what the Spurs roster is going to look like. You know, they're clearly headed for a rebuild. I'm sure that they're just, you know, they're not going to sit on their hands. I'm sure some of these these guys are going to be on the move or and whatnot. And I'm sure Primo's probably going to have time in the G League. But the kid showed some stuff. And this is why, you know, a lot of people were really high on him. It's why there was all the buzz that he was going to be a guy who went first round. So ultimately, you know, this doesn't, this might not be, in hindsight, years from now, the the head-scratching shocker that everybody thinks it is now. But contextually, in the moment, it still feels like they could have got their guy while getting an additional asset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Corey, I'm just laughing just so hard because I thought it was just really interesting to watch people come out of the woodwork on Twitter and just you know, all the, all the Josh Primo fans are taking their victory lap after a couple of games in Salt Lake city. And I'm just sitting back going like, you know what? Like, okay, you guys can enjoy this moment, but I'm not all the way there yet at all. Like any Primo was a guy that, you know, I wasn't really like in love with heading into the draft and you and yeah. I, you know, when, when they made the pick, we were sitting there at Barclays just looking at each other, like, what what is this like some alternate reality you know we were really like the twilight zone or some shit we were really confused and um you know i still kind of feel that way Corey. you and i i think we're on the same page like it's not like we're saying that he is not a tantalizing talent we're not saying like he's going to be some bum but at the same time there is a real gut feeling that we have that the spurs could have you know traded down a little bit to get their guy you know they didn't have to take him at 12 but I mean, once again, like it, it really depends on how you view it. I'm not killing the Spurs for taking him at 12. I just thought it was a confusing move and I probably wouldn't have done that. But that's me and I'm not an NBA GM. So, you know, shouts to your cat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my cat is causing straight up chaos right now. Like literally doing that thing for it. Like if anybody has a cat, like where they look you in the eye when they know that you're like doing something important, they'll just look you in the eye. And slowly yeah. but surely, 
start knocking stuff over or not even fully knock it over. They'll like tap it lightly a bunch of times until it gets to the edge and they'll look at you and they'll pause for a second and they'll be like, I'm about to do it if you don't give oh, yeah. me what I want. And then they do it regardless of whether you, you give them what they want or not. Hey, um, hey. But Your so pet. my cat's causing just <laughs> chaos right now. My cat, it, it's my cat's going Davion Mitchell off night. No, just like, just like lock up, like, <laughs> Like doing I'm just whatever. about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's cat's nickname, Off Night. That's exactly yeah, what's going on. Right. Off Night. Here's my, you know, my my lovely cat. That uh, oh, oh my god. Yeah. No, look, nothing to say, Jibs. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, speaking of uh, of animals, right? You know, mm-hmm. getting off my cat for a moment. Um, let's hit up the the dog ate my homework. Okay. Assignment, and uh, I'm gonna give the dog ate my homework player of the week to uh to killian hayes oh okay explain uh killian hayes looked the same <laughs> feels like he didn't do the summer reading yeah look one game one game i'm not trying to overreact but this is a podcast where we're supposed to overreact that's what we do right. and i just thought that he looked the same as he did. He's he, the same issues he had, the same struggles that he had last year. He still can't get to the hoop. Um, he still, you know, the shot still looked awkward and uncomfortable. The playmaking still looked really awesome. It was like all the things that we knew he was. He didn't show much improvement. Now was the first game. You're playing with new guys. Kate Cunningham is there. How is he going to play off of him? Blah, blah, all that stuff. I get it. But if I'm giving, if we're going to have, a segment called the dog ate my homework. I'm going to give it based off one game. Cause that's the sample size uh, to Killian Hayes right now. Do that. That's, you know, it's funny. I, I, you make a good point about like him looking the same. Um, one thing that, that I did kind of want to give him credit for though, is that like, I, I think the, a lot of people were worried, like should Detroit take Kate with the first pick when they just took Killian Hayes last year? I'm like, yeah, why not? This is the NBA in 2021. Most teams oh, yeah. are looking for two or three ball handlers. So um, why is that a problem? I don't get that at all. Um, my, my thing, I want to give him credit, though. I thought he did a good job of, you know, picking his spots. I thought he really mm-hmm. tried to integrate himself well with Cade. I thought he gave Cade some opportunities to play off ball. And I think he, he threw him one in the corner for the three. Maybe that was somebody else. Maybe I'm hallucinating. I'm not sure. But it, I liked the overall feel of those two playing together. I think you're right. Um Killian still has a lot of work to do. And we, we should mention Killian is still like, what, 12 years old? The kid is really, really young. Um, yeah. He needs a lot of grooming and seasoning and whatever. But, you know, like at the same time, like, I, yeah, the playmaking is still there. I liked that he tried to, you know, he he, he tried to be catering to yeah. Cade. And yeah, so. And he's going to have to. He's going to have to. By the way, absolute fucking dime. Mm-hmm. On like the little like no look like lefty like oh, pass yeah. to the cutter that was a dime like this, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Killian Hayes isn't going to be a, a player, right? He is. I just think that he kind mm-hmm. of looked the same. And yeah. again, it was a small sample. It's one game. He could come out in the next game, hit six step back threes, and you know, and be like, oh well, fuck that segment, right? But. <laughs> 
but I'm just saying based off the first, uh, you know, we only have the one game sample size so far. So that's, that's what I saw. Um, what'd you think of Cade's game? I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I love Cade. It's, it's as simple as that. I love Cade. Yeah. He's like, he's like the, you know, everyone has a favorite son. Every parent has a favorite son. If you've got multiple kids, you know, I grew up with, you know, a stepbrother and a half sister and, you know, I, I wasn't the favorite. I was okay with it. I was the oldest, <laughs> but I wasn't the favorite. You know, my stepbrother was a, became a doctor. He was a favorite. For right. me, Cade, Cade is my favorite. Cade is my freaking favorite. I, I, he's just so fun to watch. Everyone wants to talk about he didn't shoot too well, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Cade needs time. I thought Cade showed all kinds of flashes. He's still, you know, he's got to integrate himself with Killian like we talked about, but I'm I'm okay with it all. I thought defensively he showed some flashes too, and I'm just like, you know what? This is Cade Cunningham. He's he's a first pick of the draft, and he's gonna freaking make everyone eat crow that questioned him. That guy that was on um that was on um Chad Ford's pod. You're gonna eat crow, my friend. I don't remember your name, but you're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate everything that you said about Cade, and Cade's gonna be awesome. And I was really happy with Cade's first performance because it it's fine. He's he's playing for the Pistons summer league team. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, he wasn't good. He wasn't well. He wasn't very good. Like he was like he was okay. Like he, he he all. I think if you were a detractor, you can watch that game and go see. I told you he had a little <laughs> bit of trouble. He had a little bit of trouble creating space. Um, you know, he his handle was a little loose at times. More turnovers than assists. But if you're a Cade truther, and most are. You're going to look at it, be like, first of all, pull up three deadly, you know, hit the catch and shoot three, had a nice drive to the hoop, finishing, cradling the ball, finished strong, you know, got to his spots, made some passes at like, like in college, his teammates missed some absolute gimmies defensively. The kid is going to be a fucking beast. Like yep. he had some really, yeah. And one of those blocks, the closeout was mm-hmm. insane, like so mm-hmm. disciplined like veteran type closeout, closing out short. So you're not, you know, going to foul the shooter or overshoot your shot on it. Um, and that led to the block, like in the corner, like just an awesome contest. Uh, but I think that first Cade game was a see what you want to see game, especially because it came on the heels of Jalen Green putting on just an absolute fucking show for the summer league crowd. Here we go. Here the we Rockets, go. the Rockets in fucking general, like the Rockets, man, Jalen green came as advertised. Now Jalen green should have, because Jalen green played in this setting before this was the benefit of playing with the G league ignite. He has already played against guys that look like this. He has already played in the speed. He has already played in this kind of setting. Maybe not with a crowd, but he's played with NBA players in an NBA team, NBA principals. But he showed off some shit that you were just like, wow. Mm. His handle has looked significantly more consistent because he had moments where the handle was fucking awesome in the G League bubble. But that handle is smooth. He was playing slower than every player on the court. And moving twice as fast. Yeah. Yeah. 
the shot making was silly. <laughs> it was silly. Like some of those step backs, just hand in the face, doesn't matter. Uh, him and Josh Christopher were having yeah. so much goddamn fun together. Uh, and I mean, they we didn't even get to see Garuba. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even mention your boy, the Turkish exchange student, Alperin Shangun. Mm-hmm. 15 points, 15 rebounds, three assists, four blocks, a steal, plus 15, shot 14 free throws. Like, um, he was fucking awesome. And, you know, I think that it's just one of those situations. Like, I think people now who didn't get to to really watch him in depth are going to be like, all right, this kid's got some stuff to him. He's, he's got some tools in his bag and maybe he'll be able to, to do some stuff in the next level that's going to make him a player. And, you know, I think with him, everybody who's looking down the road, like, oh, what happens once you get into the conference finals and he's on an island? And it's like, look, man, if he's the type of guy that could help you get to the conference finals, then he's fucking worth drafting high because even if you have to move off of him at some point, like that's a valuable trade asset to get a guy that could that could do that kind of stuff. But he looked fucking great. Um, and... You know, he was kind of given that Cavs front court the business in that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and not to say that you know Evan Mobley wasn't didn't have a really good defensive game, um, but you know Shengun was kind of able to do whatever he wanted to and everybody in that in that Cavs front court. Yeah, dude, I I thousand that, just a couple of notes for me. Um, first off, Shengun, holy crap! Like fifteen rebounds, but seven offensive rebounds. That. That is important to me. I, I love that. He's guys not athletic. Grab, he's not I, athletic. How did he get seven re- offensive <sighs> rebounds? Dude, I, I love guys who grab offensive rebounds because, Corey, you know, offensive rebounding very rarely is like offense, like, sorry, athletic talent. That's boxing out, effort, reading the ball off the backboard. That's. There's that's high level basketball for you to be a really good offensive rebounder. I really do believe that. He also had four blocks. Like, where the hell did that come from? Like, truly, like that was awesome to see as well. If he hit his free throws, that's a 2015 game right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. So, um, I, I just wanted to say that about Shangun. And then, you know, Kenny Martin Jr., you know, the Ooh. Josh, oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the Jalen Johnson brother for me. Um, I thought he had a good game. <laughs> that block that he had, had on Evan Mobley was that was stunning like that truly was an unbelievable instinctual play athletic play um but for me i want to talk about josh christopher really quick like you know yeah five for 15 is not great but i loved his defense you know you Mm -hmm. you were really really high on his defense and i liked his defense i wasn't as high as you um but i really liked what he showed defensively yesterday and i I hope that gets a lot you know i hope a lot of people talk about that because i think it deserves it's like worthy of talking about. Like he was really getting in a stance. I thought he was doing a really good job of moving his feet and using his hands. And he was just kind of like a pest, you know, in the same way that Scotty Barnes was annoying the hell out of Emmanuel quickly. I thought Josh Christopher was that kind of presence defensively. I was really, I was really like, I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, Oh, like that's nice. And that's going to get Josh Christopher on the floor as a rookie in the NBA. And I mean, not to mention the fact that, 
Houston doesn't have like a great roster, but Christopher is going to play and he's going to contribute on both ends of the floor. He wasn't shy, obviously taking 15 shots. And, you know, I, I thought it was worth talking about and worth mentioning because I thought he did a really good job. And then um, for Jalen Green, I, I agree with everything that you said. And, you know, they said it on the telecast too. I think it was Greg Anthony or somebody. And they were talking about how he does a great job of, you know, even with the pick and roll of, you know, putting that guy, what, what do you call it? Putting him in a dungeon? What do you say, Corey? What, what's your line for that? Put him in jail? Put him in jail. Why did I say dungeon? What the I don't know. The dungeon me? dungeon's pretty good. That's, that's okay. I feel, you might need to when you're talking about a guy like Jalen Green doing it. You might yeah. have to change it to dungeon. Dungeon's a little bit eerier than just saying jail. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> so Jalen Green, uh, let, let me get it professional. <laughs> Jalen Green put him in a dungeon. Uh, no, but he did a really good job of that. I was like, you know, as you mentioned, that's the G League savvy. As they said on the telecast, they were like, you know, he learned that from Brian Shaw and learned that from Jared Jack and. I was like, you know what, Greg Anthony, I don't always agree with you when you're calling these games on the stuff that you're seeing, but I agree with that. Like, that's the type of stuff that he definitely picked up from playing in the G League. And yeah, I I think, you know, young guys are going to see that and be like, okay, like he is learning NBA level moves and savvy in the G League. And maybe I should just skip college and learn that too, because he popped off. He had 23 points, nine of 18. That's efficient enough for me, you know, as a high volume shooter, four of nine from three, only to one free throw though. I don't love that, but that'll, I think he'll get better with that. But overall, like it's exciting. And as you mentioned, we didn't even see Garuba and this full Garuba played a trillion games for Real Madrid this year and then played in the Olympics. And so, the fact that he's, I don't know, is he going to show? I think he is going to show up for Summer League, right? Like, even that alone is so impressive, and that's going to be fun to watch. But overall, I, I came away impressed with the Rockets. And then, really quickly, actually, this is a good transition for us. Evan Mobley, he yeah. reminded me of Groot the way he moved on the court. Like, not that <laughs> like he was that. slow, but it was very Grooty. Like, he, yeah. it, he, was, he was rocking the short shorts, and his legs looked like goddamn like canoes. Like, it was unbelievable. And, um, but still, he flashed moments, and it was still a fun debut for for him too. Yeah, I, look, Mobley looked exactly how I picture him looking long term. Like he struggled offensively because he's not a guy who creates offense for himself. Right, like, that's not right. the player he is. People who think that he's this like super version of Chris Bosh, I think you're going to be disappointed because Chris Bosh was a phenomenal scorer. And it's oh, yeah. not Evan Mobley. That isn't Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, his offensive game, he's like pretty good at everything. He doesn't have a standout offensive skill. And it's hard for him to create his own offense. Like even like, you know, there was, you know, I was reading, um, you know, an article on him by Nikias Duncan, who's like a phenomenal writer and podcaster. Like shout out to him because he does some of the best work there is. But he highlighted this one clip of Mobley offensively where he kind of like, dribbled the ball but kind of lost it and then recovered it and he shot like the the like goofy footed shot like the kind of thing that we see from Mobley sometimes and he highlighted like wow big men aren't supposed to do that and I'm like but that's not like a go-to move that, that's just something that like he he got bumped off a spot lost the ball and like recovered nicely because he's skilled but it's not like creation ability it's not true creation ability the the kind of stuff that he does all the time but you know and, and one of the things he struggled with, he's so he really struggled with the strength issue. You know, he did the things that I kind of worry about with him long term if he doesn't put on consistent strength where he fades so much. And that's what mm-hmm. everybody hates about Christoph's Porzingis is he gets right. guys in that little in-between area and he has to, you know, settle for these kind of like fall away shots. 
And that's one of the concerns that I have with Mobley. Now, defensively, Mobley was very, he was awesome. You know, and like you said, he's like Groot. He's everywhere. He's so long. He's got like, of course, he's going to get bumped off a spot sometimes. But he's going to be an absolute game-changing difference maker. But I will say, in the short term, you don't worry about it. Like, who fucking cares? And it's going to be clamps defensively with a Coro yeah. who is just, that dude is carved out of fucking stone. Um, between a Coro, Mobley, and Jared Allen, it's going to be clamps. But the Allen Mobley front court's not going to work offensively. And you're going to have to move off of Jared Allen. Like, you're moving off of Jared Allen there, and he's making $25 million. Now, a team will take him, but, you know, I, I don't know. that Things change so quickly, and guys' value fluctuates so much. Like, this could be a deal where it doesn't look as pretty or as, like, movable in a few years whenever mm-hmm. they decide to do it. But I just don't think Evan Mobley has the package offensively that they're going to be able to make this work because Evan Mobley's not going to be a floor spacer. He's not going to be a consistent shooter and they're going to be operating in the same space. And when you add a Coro into the mix who, you know, is improving as a shooter, but is going to do all of his work in the paint. There's just that, that construction isn't going to work without, I think another guy who can consistently space the floor. And I don't think it's going to be Mobley, but with that said, Mobley definitely had those positive flashes defensively. I'm, you know, he's going to be awesome. And I think long-term, like he's going to be a guy who brings more value potentially than a guy like Rudy Gobert does, because I think offensively, you're not going to be able to play him off the floor. I just don't think you're going to be able to count on him as one of your guys that you give the ball to with five minutes left. And you're like, can you go create a bucket? Corey, I, I felt like a lot of people were talking about Mobley as like an offensive hub and, um, Mm, we're not sure about that yet. And really quickly, like we never even talked about free agency, but I, I personally didn't like five years, a hundred for Jared Allen. Like for me, like I, I didn't, I didn't really see that as a great deal. A lot of people were lauding it as like a really good deal. Like you got to pay him, you got him in the trade, you got to pay him. My thing is like, okay, like, you know, I, as much as I love the podfather, Bill Simmons, like one of his least favorite deals was that the Knicks gave Nerlens Noel's three years for 30 million. I mean, not to mention the fact that if we have a team option on that third year, so essentially two years, 20 million. And my thing is like, okay, like we're paying him $10 million a year to either be our backup or our, our essentially our starter. Cause we don't know if Mitchell Robinson can stay healthy for a year, but Jared Allen, $20 million a year over five years. That's a lot of money for a guy that, as you mentioned, isn't like this seamless fit next to Evan Mobley. And a lot of people have been talking about that, especially at the ringer, you know, not that I want to hate on the ringer. I, I love the ringer. I, I consume yeah, so much of their content. Yeah. But a lot of the guys at the ringer have been gassing it up like Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. That's a great pairing. And I'm like, are you guys sure? Like, I know, I know Jonathan Charks. He absolutely loves Mobley, had him as a number one guy in the draft. And I'm like, yeah, I, I like Mobley too, but there's a reason why Cade is number one. And it's not just because we value wings more, but it's because Cade is a bona fide shot creator offensive hub you know you're going to be able to run your offense through Cade either now or later Evan Mobley it's not as clear and so once again I don't want to like shit on Evan Mobley and say like okay this guy's you know going to be limited as an offensive scorer or whatever but I I think all the talk of Evan Mobley potentially being an offensive hub like I I think that's we're getting a little ahead of ourselves is what I'm trying to say yeah and you know we always kind of felt like that and one game does not make right. uh, a career by any means right. as well but yeah i just he just always we moved felt too that far. way 
Yeah, he just always moved too clunky. And so many people felt opposite. They think he moves so smooth on the offensive end. And I just think when the ball's in his hands, it's two dribbles and he has to turn his back. And I don't really love guys like that offensively long-term for, you know, like potential-wise. Like, it's one of the same reasons I'm not a big Jaden Springer guy as, you know, this offensive shot creator. I like Springer in a role. Uh, I like him as the the catch-and-shoot 3 and D guard but I don't like him as a shot creator because I just don't think he's, he's built for it. Um, and that's how I feel about Mobley, but Mobley because of his defensive capabilities is going to be a defensive hub. And he's going to be a defensive hub that you won't be able to play off the floor in the playoffs because while he won't be an offensive hub, he's going to bring enough to the table on that end that it's not like he's going to damage your offense in a playoff setting. Right? So that's what you do like about him. And Right now, like, let's say the Cavs, they all reach their potential. Like, you don't need him to be an offensive hub right now because you have right. Colin Sexton. You have Darius Garland. So, you know, you're looking at at Evan Mobley as, like, potentially your third or fourth shot creator if Okoro doesn't, you know, keep projecting forward and getting better in that role as well. So it's not a role that he actually needs to play in, in on the Cavs. But this is not a setting where he's going to be able to show off his best offensive skills. Cause he's a guy that is going to thrive with a table setter. And I think his pairing with Darius Garland is going to be awesome. I think he's, he's going to hit, you know, get him in all the right spots. So I think he's going to look really good offensively. But as we said, I don't, I still don't think he has the, the offensive hub kind of uh, potential that, you know, he, he kind of has been billed as, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a sick number three pick because um, you know, I think, I think he is. Right. Um, now we haven't, we've been recording, so we didn't really get a chance to watch. And, uh, we, I still have a couple more guys I want to talk about, but, uh, it it looks like Jalen Suggs had 24 points, nine rebounds, three blocks and two steals and a magic win, um, today. So I, I'm, I got to go back and and watch the actual game, but, uh, you know, looks like Jalen Suggs is, is actually good for one more game. (laughs) Um, so we'll see. We'll see how uh, this this shuffling top five plays out because all these guys bring some real skills to the table. Next, next uh, guy I want to talk about. He's getting denied credit here. Poku, Alexei Pokashevsky. He's getting denied credit because he just hasn't showed up to class. Mm-hmm. You miss class, you get denied credit. Why the fuck is Poku not playing? Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, Corey, where, you know, when you're the best player on the team, even in your <laughs> rookie season, you just don't have to show up to summer league like LaMelo Ball. I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Maybe, Corey, when we talked about Poku on a on a pod recently, I, we talked about HGH. We talked about steroids. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's in some lab somewhere. Um, in Vegas you know, right now. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's there. He's getting some sort of injections put into him right now. Maybe he's bulking up in a gym or in a cave. I don't freaking know. But I'm like you. I don't understand it at all. I, I don't. I don't understand what Poku proved in year one that he deserves to not be out here. Desmond Bain is playing. Peyton Peyton yeah. Pritchard played major minutes for the Sun for the for the Celtics last year, and he's playing in summer league. I, I just I don't understand it and. Look! Look at the Thunder roster. Like you telling me, you can't throw Pokushevsky out there. Like you know, Jerm uh, J- JRE's play. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I Jerry played awesome too in his game. Right. He looked. He looked right. like he looked like the guy that you know. If you were a, a JRE fan, that 
that's the guy you, you knew he is, like just a perfect kind of role player that's going to play in the league a long time. But with Poku, I read because I, I, I searched. First, I went on Twitter, asked, got an answer, like different plans. And I was like, well, that's kind of vague. So let me try to find uh, a more detailed answer. And it actually wasn't vague at all. That's exactly what Presti said. He said they have other plans for him. They don't think that Summer League is the the kind of setting that they need. And uh, And I'm sorry. I know I may not be a guy who works in the NBA, but fucking agree to disagree. This is a kid who needs game reps. He needs, he doesn't need to be working out in a gym. He's got skills. He could work on his skills in that setting. He's in Vegas. Let him play these games. Are the Thunder protecting him? Are they afraid that he's not going to be able to, he's not going to look good in this setting that he like, what are you afraid of? What is the downside of playing this kid? If he's able to play, if he doesn't have some injury, then why would you not play a kid who needs game reps? Get this kid as many games as you possibly can. He has some of the sickest flashes out of any player in his class, but he also has some of the fucking absolute mind-numbingly dumb flashes. And that's the type of shit that you could only improve on like in games and then breaking those games down in film and seeing what you did wrong or right. I'm like... If I was a Thunder fan, I'd be fucking up in arms. I'd be tweeting be at, the, at the official Thunder account and the social media guy would be like, guys, I don't have anything to do with these decisions. Please stop tweeting at me. That's what I would be doing. I'd be pissed. That's I, I think it's bullshit. Um, and I think it's the wrong strategy. I, I just I don't if I was Poku, I'd be like, no, nah, I want to fucking play. Like if I was like, how does he not want to play in summer league? Like these games I, I, might not be the most competitive setting ever, but like this is a like a lot of everyone plays in these games. Fucking Patrick Williams is playing in these games. Like right, right. Like you're you're not polished, Poku. Like this kid's not polished. He needs game reps. I don't know. I I, I it's I think it's insane. No, I, I'm with you. And Corey Ty- Tyrese Maxey, he played in the playoffs. Yeah. He's playing at summer league. I, I think like it, it's unbelievable. Like I said, maybe it's the HGH they're putting into him right now. He can't <laughs> like play games in between. I don't know what the hell is going on. But um, hey, while we're talking about the Thunder, would you think about uh, Giddy and Trey Mann? Because you know, not well, not the well, uh, Giddy you know. Giddy Giddy went to the school nurse. Mm-hmm, he had, right. he had to go to the school nurse. Um, you know, he had to leave school early <laughs> in his debut. No, with Giddy, even in like his would he play like three minutes or something? I think you, yeah. Like, I think you see the, I think it was a microcosm of like what you're going to find from him this year. Like started out the game with this beautiful fucking like dunk right foot jump, like beautiful. Like if you're the thunder fans were probably hype as hell. And then like a minute later, he's lining a guy up ISO from the wing. And, you know, I don't know if it got blocked or it was a, an air ball that missed by five feet, but like just absolutely awful step back possession. So like, that's not his game. Get after it in summer league. This is the type of environment to do it. This is why I want Poku playing. Um, but I think that's kind of like the the high and low that you're going to see from Giddy. Like you're going to see all of these sick flashes, and he didn't even get to really show off his playmaking. Um, and then you're going to have moments like that where you're like, all right. He's he's a little bit ways away. No, I'm I'm with you. Same thing for Trey Mann. Trey Mann had you know a really rough um, first game first, for the yeah, Thunder. Yeah, yeah, especially but the first okay. half too. But it's oh, it's okay, Trey Mann. No one, no you know one what, should be freaking out. You know what I liked? 
and he still had so many possessions where he was trying to get to the right and finish to the right, but he had a sick left-handed finish. And that's one of the things that I was looking for from him. Like he was so right-hand dominant in college. Like it, was he working on being able to do the other things, finish with his left hand and whatnot. Like, um, and uh, he had a nice left-handed finish. So it's a flash. It's a flash. It's a little flash, but like, that's why I like seeing him in, in this setting because it's like, all right, is he improving? Is he working on it? I don't know. Maybe that might not be a consistent thing that he does this year. It probably won't be, but is he working at it? And if he's going, you know, confidently to the hoop and finishing with his left like that, I like to think he probably is. So, you know, even though he really struggled and he did, you know, shot was short a lot of times off the bounce. Um, you know, I, I think it's one game for him. He's what do you, he went uh, 18th, you know, like, it's he's not going to come in and light the world on fire right away. That's you know he's he's going to have an adjustment period to the league, especially if he's not playing with the ball in his hands as much. You know with Giddy and SGA. So, but I like that he's playing. At least at mm. least uh, Giddy and Trey Mann were playing. Ah, oh, Poku's just Poku, I guess. I don't even know. I don't know but what to say he's, anymore. He's got a different yeah. plan. Poku's got a different plan from every other player. <laughs> yeah, different just means sucks. It's, it's stupid. That, I hate. Yeah, that plan sucks. All right. Um, before we get out of here, let's give me your your best summer league overreaction. My best summer league overreaction. Cool. Okay, I have one. Um, Jonathan Kaminga might be better than Kawhi Leonard. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's <laughs> too crazy. No, but I, I've I've been really impressed with Jonathan Kaminga. He had a good game mm. tonight too. 16.6 rebounds, three st- steals in the California Classic thing. I think he had his good moment, high moments, low moments. It's just you know, it, I feel like Kaminga's showing exactly why I was high on him, but also why people kind of fell off on him a little bit towards the tail end as we got closer to, closer to the draft. Like he is raw capital R raw, yeah. you know, there's still so much seasoning that needs to go into Jonathan Kaminga. And, but, but I'm okay with it. Like I think him and Moody on that Warriors team, it makes sense. And Moody, I think is going to be a good enough shooter to play for them. Um, I, I'm, I'm still really high on Kaminga and I don't, I don't think I ever yeah. really wavered on that one. Um, and I, it's not an overreaction. I just think he's going to be good. I just think he needs a lot of time. And I think he's not in the worst situation with Golden State. Like, if they keep him, you know, who knows, right? But if they keep him, like, I don't see this as a bad situation for him to learn and grow and have really good guys around him to show him the ropes. Like, like all we've ever heard about Stephen Curry is that he's, like, the greatest teammate ever, right? Uh, people love Clay Thompson. People love Draymond Green. And they all are different right as teammates and i think if he stays at golden state and they don't trade him he's in a pretty good situation to learn and grow and develop in a lot of different ways from his different teammates so i'm i'm still really really high on jonathan kaminga and that just was kind of the first thing that came to mind yeah i like that you picked kaminga um ultimately i i switched him back over scotty on my final big board Mm. um I feel like I was getting bullied a little. Not, I wasn't getting bullied, but I felt like I was succumbing to like the the group think of of Scotty over Kaminga a bit towards the end. And ultimately, I, I went with my, more with my gut that like Kaminga's raw tools, yeah, are just so intriguing. And you mentioned the highs, the lows. Like he had a play in transition where sick. he it was sick. He went right into a dude's body and finished. But like it was the wrong play because it was a two on one and he could have just dumped it off for a layup. 
but like that kind of talent like that's sick like that he was able to just physically be able to to do that at such a, a young age so but i, I he, he's got tantalizing tools and uh you know i i think that his, like we, we we've always said we think his floor is higher than people give him credit for so and that ceiling is sky high so i the warriors thing like uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they play it whether they give him a lot of minutes early on or not and moody's look good moody's look really good he's he's yes. gonna be a seamless kind of eventually like i don't you know who knows how much he's gonna play early on but he's gonna be a, an awesome role player off of those guys and i always compared him to otto porter jr i always had the otto porter vibes just the kinesthetically the way that they moved i always thought they moved similarly and uh and now otto porter jr now they're teammates so what who better to learn from than the man himself um and to see what he could look like in that role so i'm I'm interested to see the warriors my biggest overreaction is that i don't know tyrese maxey is going to be an mvp this year i i don't know i mean my guy your guy my boldler guy yeah look people were too low on him they're just too low on him we knew it um, I had him. He was a top ten guy in the draft. It was insane. It's just pure insanity. He slipped into the twenties. Mm-hmm. I, I was getting. I was having thoughts that he was going to slip to to the Knicks at that part of the draft. I I, I don't know if what you were feeling. Mm-hmm. You know when he kept slipping, but that dude was hitting some tough shots. He was playing at a different speed than the rest of the guys um, on the floor. And when I say tough shots, like. Not like they were tough for him. Like they were just like, yo, that was tough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like he was in, he was, he just looked like he was playing a different sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I don't think Tyrese Maxey is going to win MVP next year, but he is definitely a guy who could swing the potential of what that Sixers team could be next year. <laughs> Corey, I I wrote out a tweet and then I delete. Uh, I didn't post it. I had it in my draft. I was, I was so close to tweeting it, but I, I you know I wrote out um, Tyrese Maxey and Tyrell Terry uh, is exactly why I'm a freaking genius. I I loved watching them play today. Ty, you know how much I loved Tyrell Terry last year when I yep. you know when we when we first talked. I I kept asking you about Terry. I was like, hey man, like tell me some <laughs> good stuff about Terry. I love this guy, and you know it, it was good to see him play well today. And to finally get some burn, to get some run. You know, he's a guy that didn't get to play a lot last year. And then Maxi, you know, we were in love with Maxi. We we were so freaking high on him. And now everybody wants to talk about Maxi this, Maxi that. And we're like, you know, Corey, you and I, we could just sit back and be like, dude, we have beachfront property on Tyrese Maxi Island. And you're yeah. not you're not getting any of it, you know? And it's it's been really fun. And look, I want to mention, once again, he played in the playoffs last year. That stuff mm-hmm. means something, you know? Like, I really totally. think... And he played well, and he played big minutes, and I think that stuff really means that. You mentioned he played at a different pace. He played, you know, he had tough shots and like tough shots, you know. And and I think all that comes from that experience too. Like that stuff is good for young players as well. So I'm with you, dude. I I'll always love Tyrese Maxey, and it's it's exciting to see him play well. And Terry too. How many points did he hang in the regular? Did he have 48 in the game where they had like six guys? Something crazy, like it was some, yeah, it was something crazy like that. Like he hung yeah. out, yeah. Tyrese Maxey's that dude, that dude could hoop, and yeah, and Tyrell Terry, Tyrell, just, just like awesome dude, um, yeah. super nice. Like I've had some interactions with him, um, and I, I'm super excited to to watch him continue to develop. He was, he had some absolute dimes out there today. A lot of his teammates didn't exactly um, 
finish him, but he was making some plays. It felt like he was playing it by himself at times. I, I think that he's going to be uh, a good player in the league. I think that, you know, he can, you know, maybe not next year, but by year three, I think he could be a, you know, have a real consistent role in that offense and playing off Luca is just such a great position for, for his skill set. So uh, I like Tyrell Terry a lot and uh, definitely, definitely rooting for the continued development of that kid. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You got anything else? No, but just to kind of piggyback off of that, Corey, that's something we talked about when we talked about Terry coming into the draft. We both said underrated passer. Everybody just looks at him as like a like he's going to be able to shoot long threes and he'll just that's all he'll do. But we talked about that underrated passer. We thought his athleticism wasn't great, but it also wasn't terrible. And so once again, yeah, I'm just I'm just high on Terry. Um do I have anything else? No, just we just want to say like watching Summer League and watching these kids play has been really fun, but also sometimes really hard to watch because sometimes the quality of basketball is actually it's terrible sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, it's been weird. To, as you mentioned, some of the older guys you see like the Knicks, we have Wayne Selden. I'm like, ah, man, like, did we really need Wayne Selden to be on this roster to, yeah. you know, <laughs> to play in these games? But it, it's fine. You know, I understand why he's there. He's trying to get foreign contracts, whatever. But um. Yeah, overall, it's been fun, but also ugly is uh, kind of how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, Wayne Selden, Michael Beasley, Ken Fareed, Emmanuel Moutier, the whole, oh, the vets. Blood. The vets. Hey, if if I can play some basketball in Las Vegas, I'd be playing there too. And I'm having some FOMO. I'm, I I definitely, you know, I, I wish I was out there. It's a lot of, lot of dudes, you know, that are uh, in the podcast game, blog game that, you know, we've had on the on the show and uh that we connect with on on the internets that are you know out in vegas right now soaking all the action up so i'm definitely having a little fomo there but next year next year when hopefully um you know there's not a coronavirus variant taking over uh the world hopefully by next year we can you know feel a little bit better about it Yeah. yeah and uh all right so that's gonna do summer school episode one the spinoff we did the it. summer school spinoff, man. Um, all right. Yeah, that's that's going to do it, man. Uh, we're going to be back next week with another episode of summer school because there's some more summer league action to break down. And hopefully we have some more nuanced takes with a bigger, little bit bigger sample size and plenty more overreactions. Um, if you have not yet, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you rate mm. it and leave a review. That would be the sickest thing ever. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, share it the whole the whole shebang uh albert tell the people on the internet where they could uh where they could find you you find me at tw- uh, on twitter <laughs> and instagram at alberto toe like the toe on your foot gim is where you'll find me i'm out on twitter i've been tweeting more recently but a lot of it is nonsense so i apologize if you're reading my nonsense but um <laughs> that's where i'm at and uh, you can find me at the Hardwood Mag on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the Hardwood Herald YouTube page by searching that. Going to be uh, releasing my Chet Holmgren preseason scouting video fairly soon. Oh, yeah. um, been soaking that up, and then we're going to cover you know that whole class preseason on on the pod as well. And um, yeah, I think that's it. You, if if you've made it this far, if you're a listener already, you've probably know probably know where to find us in all the spots so all right guys that is going to do it for this episode and uh we'll see you next week peace peace